with Angie Foster and Dr. Lynette van der Merwe, or if you are in the Faculty of Medicine, you would know them as Angie and Lynette. It sounds like the best uh, radio duo ever to join us. You should have your own show. So, Lynette, we'll start with you. Uh, we're speaking about uh, mental awareness and suicide awareness. You're driving a campaign. Tell us a little bit about that. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having us. And Angie and I would love to take up your offer on the show. Um, we have a mental health awareness initiative in our faculty, specifically aimed at health sciences students. We know that studying health sciences and being a healthcare professional is demanding, and we know that mental health is important because, after all, we'd like our healthcare practitioners to be healthy enough to treat their patients. So. Yeah. So how did we get to this point? Because mental health, I mean, it was always a thing. It was just never a thing that we paid attention to until maybe three or four years ago. And then we started becoming like Japan and seeing suicide rates through the roof. What happened? Absolutely. I think there are various factors that have played a role. In the past, a lot of stigma was attached to mental health issues. And perhaps that led people to maybe living lives of quiet desperation. But now we're far more aware of people as a whole and their well-being, spiritually, socially, mentally as well. Um, Also, the the things that have happened recently, and especially among student populations in terms of suicide and mental health issues. And then added to that, we know that in the current um, climate and for current generation of students, there's a high level of anxiety related to things like social media and surviving in a modern world. So, um, maybe we could say that we're more aware of things and we need we realize also that we need to make sure that our next generation of healthcare professionals are actually equipped to heal themselves as well. Well, that's uh, interesting to me because, you know, you speak of social media. We discussed it a while ago. Instagram has recently started a pilot phase of phasing out the ability to see how many likes other people's posts get as a result of this. So is it as simple as just quitting social media is there more to it not at all and I think we should never underestimate the power of social media also to bring positive change and for that reason we're going to discuss that as well but we have a a hashtag day today hashtag stresslessufs we would like our students to use social media to actually promote mental health and to promote um, sharing how they take care of their mental health how they deal with stress because we know stress is a reality for everybody we're moving into exam time we know that's a very anxiety provoking period for students and and we don't want to shy away from the reality so i think social media is very powerful very useful but it's also something that could lead to our greatest downfall mm. and when you speak about this a stressless ufs campaign firstly loving the rhyme um, i almost called it an alliteration but then i remembered my grade nine english and i want to get an understanding of how to participate and what stressless ufs is all about great um thank you so much we'd really like to encourage all the students on campus, but specifically our Faculty of Health Sciences students, to share their stress-reducing tips using that hashtag um, on Twitter, any of the social media platforms that you'd like. But if you also want to swing via the faculty, we have in our one lecture venue, the James Morocco Building, we have some information up, some notice boards, and students can actually write down their um, stress-reducing tips. We're going to take photos and also publish those, so watch the space. Okay, well, that's an incredible 
thing. Why did it take so long? I mean, I, I don't know. Have you done this initiative before? Is this the inaugural one? What's uh, the history? Well, um, we actually started last year with a mental health awareness initiative, which we launched for specifically substance abuse awareness and prevention um, with an art competition. We saw that that was massively successful. Our um, health sciences students are very artistic. And we've expanded it this year to be a year-long initiative focusing specifically this year on suicide prevention. So today's Stressless Day is one part of the initiative. In August, we will also have our art competition again. As I said, we're focusing on suicide prevention, and our theme for all our artworks is Story, Story Night. I'm sure you'll reference um, the artist there. And then we'll also be participating in the um, World Mental Health Awareness Month in October. So we're really trying to expand on this and grow mental health awareness. And everything uh, we do is based on real-time feedback from students and also our experiences with Angie, our psychologist, who gives us really good input regarding students' lives. We'll be speaking with Angie in a moment, but now that I have you here, Madam Program Director (laughs) of the entire faculty... Who do I take more seriously, psychologists or psychiatrists? Well, firstly, a correction. I'm actually just representing the School of Clinical Medicine. Oh, I, I apologize. Um, but I'd like to acknowledge all our colleagues in the whole Faculty of Health Sciences. And then I think um, it would be really unfair to make that distinction because their fields of practice and fields of scope are completely different. So we need both psychiatrists and psychologists. Well, see, coming from the field of law, you know, people always try to elevate advocates above attorneys and I know they do the same with psychologists and psychiatrists so I'm asking you speaking about mental health and uh, having the ability possibly to go to one or the other um, what the distinction is between the two right I think that's an important distinction to make psychiatrists are medical practitioners in other words someone who's qualified as a medical doctor who went on to specialize in psychiatry whereas psychologists have done an undergraduate degree and postgraduate specialization specifically in the field of psychology. So psychiatrists are usually involved in the therapeutic management of patients, which includes, for example, drug therapy. And psychiatrists work very closely with psychologists who largely um, do various therapies that include cognitive behavioral therapy and other um, types of therapy, which um, work together. So actually, psychiatrists and psychologists are interdependent, cannot work without each other. And to optimize treat patients' mental health, we would need both psychiatrists and psychologists. Thank you very much. There you have it, friends, the one and only Dr. Lynette van der Merwe laying down the distinctions for us. It's something that uh, has always been on everybody's mind, but no one's ever had the guts to ask, which is what we like to do here on the Monate Fela Breakfast. Speaking about which, we've just launched a tweet to ask if you have any questions for our colleagues here. And if you do, let us know at CFM in 97. We'll be joining them again right Right after this. We play what we want. Of the Faculty of Health Sciences speaking about their uh, suicide prevention and mental health awareness campaign. And Angie Foster, the in-house clinical yeah. psychologist. Yes. So you're like one of those uh, very fancy restaurants that has their in-house, uh, I don't know <laughs> what you call them, wine person. What? Someone, someone, um, I, yeah. Please help me for, with my French here, Carly. 
Sommelier. 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 No. Sommelier. <laughs> sommelier. Oh, that is actually quite easy. So we're getting back to our in-house sommelier. We can um, talk about wine. That's fine. I'm, I'm sure you would. <laughs> and let's, uh, let's actually discuss that because I think uh, it's a massive go-to for a lot of people, especially yeah. uh, if I look at... Um, well, how housewives are portrayed as well as Chardonnay. So as a look at ways to cope with mental health, a lot of people use uh, alcohol as a coping mechanism. And what is the benefit or net detriment of that? Look, um, everything used in moderation is, is not generally a problem. Um, what we experience is that our students tend to work really hard and then play really hard. Um, that's usually where the problem can come in. If you're taking in a large amount of alcohol over a short period of time, um, that's where it becomes detrimental. Of course, with any substance, if we're looking at your functioning, as soon as your functioning is impaired, that becomes a problem. Um, Alcohol has traditionally been something that our medical students have um, been quite well known for. Um, But something that has really become more prevalent and Actually, more worrying to me is the use of marijuana. Right. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's wait before we get into that because I would like to discuss the culture of the faculty and generally the culture of students as well. If I look at sort of faculty-endorsed events and take Pink Pot, for example, which I've been attending for many a year, it's uh, it's a great thing, but it seems to link, you know, excessive partying with the culture of studying medicine. Is that something difficult to fight? I think what we're doing now is trying to encourage our students to use um, different resources yeah. in dealing with their stress because it is extremely stressful. Sure. Um, their studies, uh, as you know, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, they start working in the hospital from their third year. Yeah. So from semester six, they work in the hospitals, Palinomi and National Hospital. So it you is You don't give stressful. them like easy private hospitals. You no, send them into no, no, no. the... So, I mean, they get exposed yeah. to a lot of stressful and sometimes difficult situations, difficult patients. Um, but I think what we're trying to encourage now is that they start reflecting on the experiences. Right. From my, my perspective is to get students to reflect. Um, instead of going to a substance to alleviate the psychological experience, to rather make meaning of it. And then what would your difficulty with marijuana be if we've been told in court cases and yeah. by the Dacha couple that it's <laughs> not a big deal and has no psychological effects? What What is the truth about it? Look, the truth is we don't probably know enough. There's a lot of research that's going to be done now because it has been um, more accessible, made more accessible. The difficulty is that we've seen students who do use marijuana more regularly um, tend to show with cognitive impairment. They do show um, forgetfulness. Um, There is functional impairment and there's always the risk that you might have an underlying psychiatric disorder that the marijuana could actually uh, trigger. And we have had patients that have become psychotic because of um, heavy marijuana use. Wow. And then, I mean, obviously it would make studying medicine uh, very very difficult. difficult. And then you'd only have one career path left after that, and that's to become a mumble rapper. No comment. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'd like to get an understanding um, from your perspective. I mean, you are deep in the thick of things. You're dealing with students on a daily basis uh, with their psychological problems um, and issues and difficulties. How intense is it uh, from – I mean, you've been doing this for five years, you told me. Is it getting better or worse? I think it's definitely – can we really say it's getting better or worse? I Mm. think – 
what we can say is that people, there's less stigma. Mm-hmm. People are really reaching out for psychological services, which is what we want. Instead of in the past where someone might have actually attempted or committed suicide, now they are sending me a message and saying, I'm not feeling well. What should I do? Fantastic. Yeah. And that's, um, it's always nice to know that, you know, you're, you're, it sounds horrible to say it, but you're relevant. You know, you're making an impact. Yeah. So very big commendations to you and your colleagues for uh, initiating this program. And if there's anything that we've missed on this program, is there something that we need to know? I think the most important message that we can send is that every single one of us at some stage will struggle with some mental difficulty, um, depression or anxiety or even trauma. So we should really, rather than um, stigmatize uh, our, our mental health, we should talk more um, to reduce the stigma um, and, and really start embracing all of the positive ways we can to deal with our stresses. Well, thank you very much. That's Angie and then Dr. Lynette van der from the Faculty of Health Sciences speaking to us about their campaign to stop uh, mental illness as well as uh, suicide prevention. Not stop suicide prevention, but yes. to have suicide prevention. If you'd like any more information, you can catch them at the Faculty of Health Sciences in which auditorium? We're in the James Morocco building. Okay. You'll see us right in the front in the foyer. Fantastic. Yeah. So looking forward to getting more information on mental health and suicide prevention. Thank you very much ladies for the incredible work that you do.